Others say it. We prove it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Well, they say that seek answers to the questions that have crossed all of our minds. What happens to us when we die? Is there an afterlife? I'm a regular guy who discovered the gift of psychic mediumship in my 30s. My passion for history and the unknown have put me right here, right now. My mantra for anything paranormal is, we don't know much and anything is possible. Join me as we find our way through the stories, evidence, and experiences of the paranormal and beyond in search of answers, even if that leads to more questions. Are you with me? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host, Pete Orbea. It's Tuesday, May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day. Yahoo! We're here on episode 20 of the Paranormal Pete Show on Let's Talk Radio. <clears throat> Can't believe it's been 20 episodes already. That's awesome. And uh, we're on WLTKDB.com. And uh, we have this chat function on the website. So if you're listening via audio, go to the website, get on the chat there and uh, ask questions throughout the show. I'll do my best to answer them. We're also streaming live to the Let's Talk Radio Facebook page. And that is at facebook.com forward slash WLTKDB. So check that out. And I'm watching uh, comments on there. And uh, the Michael White comments, 20. Well done. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Glad to have Michael as a part of the show. Um, good friend and colleague of mine. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, episode 20, <clears throat> check out uh, if you comment on the Facebook live feed on the Let's Talk Radio Facebook page. I'll, if you ask a question, I'll, I'll try and get to it there. So I'm monitoring that. And be sure you check out all the shows here on the station. So uh, if you go to WLTKDB.com, check out the other shows. There's a lot of good content throughout the week on here. And uh, nothing like supporting a, a good station. So Check out the family of shows on, on here. And you can also grab some Let's Talk Radio merch as well. So um, go get go get something. It's a great station. Glad to be here. Um, looking forward to more episodes. Uh, this month on the show, uh, starting off tonight, uh, in the second hour of the show, I'm going to have Dr. James Nelson uh, as a special guest tonight. And so I'm looking forward to talking with him. And next week, next Tuesday night, my show's on every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific time. If you're listening on the East Coast, thanks for staying up, 11 p.m. And uh, so next week, uh, next Tuesday, I've got investigator and researcher June Nixon from A Ghost, and that's Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle and Tacoma. And June's been all over the place, and... Um, she just takes amazing photos of the location she goes to. And so I'm looking forward to 
traveling the world through her <laughs> next week. And she's had a lot of different kinds of experiences. Um, and she's a, a great investigator. So looking forward to have her on next Tuesday. On the 18th, I have her, I guess, partner in crime on a ghost. Um, got Mr. Ross Allison on as a guest. And um, really looking forward to him. He's got about a million books. Uh, so we'll be talking about some of those and a lot of his experiences and his haunted museum. So uh, really, looking for, really looking forward to talking with Ross. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's always fun to hear his his stories. And uh, I'll tell you, when I've set up a table at ghost conferences, uh, he brings creepy dolls. <laughs> at least I think they're creepy. And I swear one of them's always staring at me. Um, and I think his name is Mr. Creepy. So <clears throat> if you have seen Mr. Creepy, go ahead and comment. <laughs> but looking forward to have Ross on on the 18th. And then uh, to round out the month, I've got um, Mika Rand, who's known as Silver Moon Medicine. And she's a metaphysician and she's a really good investigator and researcher. And she's got a real interesting take on the afterlife. And so I'm really looking forward to having her on at the end of the month. So we've got a great uh, month worth of shows coming up for you. And uh, so I want to thank everybody for listening and being here uh, each week, or maybe you're downloading the podcast. Uh, thank you for downloading and supporting the show. Uh, we just passed um 600 people following the show on my show page that's just called the paranormal pete show on facebook so thank you everybody for that that's awesome i'm humbled and uh looking to you know keep going with educating and having some fun and talking about some deep stuff so um great great lineup this month i'm really excited so i may be even a little more excited today because if you know me I've been a Star Wars nut since, well, probably birth. <laughs> so it's uh, May the 4th. So may the force be with all of you. Um, and I, and I say life, usually say lifelong Star Wars fan because um, I'll give a big shout out to my mom um, in an early happy Mother's Day um, to my mom. She's, She's a Star Wars nut too, <laughs> right? When they they first came out, and she has been ever since. And so, uh, blame it on her. And I think the first movie I ever went to see in a theater was Empire Strikes Back. And not to date myself, but I was really little. I don't think even I was even a year old yet. But um, always been a huge fan of, of Star Wars. But uh, thanks, mom. <laughs> She's always been really into it, and. Uh, I've always enjoyed sharing that with her over the years. So a big shout out to her and, and, and also uh, early happy mother's day to all the moms out there, especially my wife, Molly, happy mother's day. And, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight because um, I found a really interesting article about the force quote unquote, the force. And so we're going to talk about that. And a couple examples of maybe some real life um, incidents with the using, you know, what you think of as the force uh, or what everyone thinks of as, as the force. So, and then in the second hour of the show, we'll be bringing Dr. James Nelson in and we'll have some great 
conversation there as well. I think he's probably just as big a Star Wars nut as I am. So we're geeking out tonight. So if you don't like that, sorry, <laughs> but we're going to be geeking out tonight. So, <clears throat> you know, going back to growing up and, you know, I grew up on Star Wars and haven't had a chance to watch any of them yet today. So it's probably going to be a late night for me. Um, but, uh, you know, has anyone ever asked you, you know, hey, what's your favorite? You know, there's the prequels and then the more recent films. Um, and I think my favorite is probably a lot is similar to a lot of people's favorite Star Wars film, and that's Empire Strikes Back. Um, I think the story is just awesome in that one. I don't know that I'm biased because that's the first movie I ever saw in movie theaters. I don't even remember it, but uh, you know, it's I think Empire Strikes Back is is probably the top one for me. Um, as far as the more modern modern films, I really enjoyed Rogue One uh, from the Star Wars universe, and um, and the last one that came out, love that one too. So I don't know, I like them all. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, but going back to to being a kid, and I'm wondering if anybody out there listening can relate. Uh, maybe you weren't a kid when Star Wars came out. Um, but uh, uh, Michael White is commenting, Empire was the best, but I'm biased. He worked, that's right. He worked on that film, Lucky Guy. Um, but yes, I agree. Empire, Empire was the best. But no matter how old you were when Star Wars came out and, and you, know, you came up with it in the 80s, uh, for me, it was really kind of one of the things in my life that always helped me keep an open mind. Anybody else feel like that out there? Did, you know, did movies like that, uh, maybe it's Star Trek, um, which by the way, I love both Star Trek and Star Wars. I don't, that might be weird to some people, but, um, you know, did, did movies like Star Wars, you know, what did, what did that mean to you as a kid or as a young adult or as an adult? Um, I think the one common thing that, I think most people would think about is, is your imagination, right? You know, what it, what it does for your imagination. For me, I know, I mean, I feel like it's, it's uh, a fact in my life that because of Star Wars, I always felt that there was more out there than what we know, even before having any sort of realization of what the afterlife is or what ghosts are or, um, you know, UFOs, anything like that, it, you know, it really makes, it really made me think, you know, there's gotta be more to them what we see and hear and feel there's gotta be more to it. And I, I really think that those movies shaped me in a way that to have naturally an open mind, um, another great comment here uh mr white uh, he said it's the cinderella story for boys adventure and excitement and for sure totally was <laughs> but uh you know i it's for girls too uh by the way i'm trying to convince my daughters they are total anti-star wars uh which i guess is just ironic for me that they want nothing to do with it um Someday, though, I'm going to keep working on them. Um, but, uh, you know, they just go back to the point here that 
they just felt it made me feel there's more out there than what we can see in front of us, what we can feel with touch and what we can hear with our ears. And so I'm wondering if that was kind of the same effect with anybody listening out there kind of helped, you know, shaped me to have an open mind. Um, Maybe naturally I was going to have an open mind anyways, but that definitely helped and um, always kept me looking to the stars. That's for sure. But uh, you know, one thing, you know, that I always felt a, I don't know if I want to call it a connection, but just felt like it was real was the force, right? The, you know, what is the force? Um, you know, I would always think, you know, I would always try and, you know, move things with my mind, you know, be like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader and, you know, move things, lift things. Um, you know, I'd always try that. I mean, I'm sure every kid did, maybe even adults too. Don't be ashamed if you did. <laughs> but <clears throat> the force is what, you know, I always felt like this, you know, there's something to it. I always just kind of thought that there's something to it. It's not fake. And, you know, kind of the definition of the force in the films is, when in episode four, when Obi-Wan Kenobi explains the force to Luke as an energy field created by all living things, it surrounds us, penetrates us and binds the galaxy together. So the Jedi and the uh, and other force users access the force with the help of midichlorians, or microscopic organisms inside their cells. Okay. Well, the first part of that, I think there's something to it, right? Um, the force and philosophies of the followers of the force um, bear resemblance to a number of real world religions like Hinduism, uh, which includes a belief in a unifying Brahmin energy uh, like the force. So there is some real basis that probably George Lucas got inspiration from. Um, I'm sure I've probably read something before that said that. Uh, but uh, you know, there was Hinduism and then I'm not sure I'm going to say this one correctly, but Zoroastrianism, which centers on the conflict between a good God, like the light side of the force and an evil God, like the dark side of the force. And so, you know, there is some, I guess, some real, uh, human history behind this thinking, which was, was probably an inspiration, but I don't know. What do you guys think out there? Have you ever, um, what are your thoughts on the force? Anybody can comment. Uh, is it, do you think it's something that's possible that we, um, that we possess or is it something that the world possesses or living objects, uh, inanimate objects? Um, <clears throat> what do you, what do you think it is? Um, so I found this really good, article from a guy named Charlie Scaturo. And, you know, I'll just kind of read through it because I think it, it strikes a chord here. And, and I found, um, found that it was, it was pretty interesting. So, you know, uh, as I mentioned, I was marveled at, at the force, right? I think everyone kind of did. And most people think, you know, too bad the force isn't real. Um, and I kind of, I guess, always felt, felt that way. Um, you know, 
the force is what Darth Vader used to pretty much do anything he wanted to, right? <laughs> the force can influence people to do something they wouldn't other, otherwise do, like a mind trick. Uh, the force allows fictional characters to levitate, move inanimate objects with their minds, and a host of other powers that are nearly impossible for us to comprehend, at least from a scientific standpoint, right? Um, and because of this, I think we're all kind of drawn to the idea of the force, something, the unexplained, right? How does that work? We can't really comprehend how it works. Um, on some level, we're seduced by the idea that it's possible to influence the tangible and intangible parts of the world using nothing but our minds. Now, here's where, again, it's interesting. Um, of course, the force appears so alien from anything that actually exists in the real world that it doesn't seem possible for any of us to have such incredible power at our disposal. Am I getting too weird for you guys tonight? <laughs> But here's the, the truth is the force is not something that only lives in the world created by George Lucas. It's not something for us to marvel at or daydream about. It doesn't exist exactly the way it's portrayed in Star Wars, but the force, when whatever you want to call it, energy is very real. And I would say more like energy um, at its most basic. When you take away a Jedi's, uh, take away the Jedis and lightsabers and all the special effects, the force is ultimately the ability to use our minds to affect the world around us. And that was the line in this article that kind of really grabbed me. Um, the force is ultimately the ability to use our minds to affect the world around us. Okay. It's the idea that there are certain universal truths, truths that connect us all. How many people feel that? There's things that connect us all, that certain things resonate with all of us, that certain things hold all of us together, and these things can be harnessed to affect the world. Pretty interesting when you think about it. And as we all know, our minds have the wonderful ability to create ideas and thoughts, which are really nothing more than energy, brainwaves, right? And when an idea or a thought is great, this energy attaches itself to other people and becomes something more than just an idea or a thought. It becomes a catalyst for action and something that can literally change the physical world that we inhabit. Interesting concept. And I guess maybe George Lucas was deeper than we all thought. <laughs> um, how many times has a thought or idea changed the way people think or how they act? Think about that one. Uh, just a thought or idea, you know, especially in today's world too, it, it applies. How often have ideas or thoughts changed the world? Maybe not in some great way, but if an idea or thought can impact just one person, that's great in and of itself. So you see where I'm going with this? It's kind of interesting that, well, the force, as we think about it, you know, it, it's probably not how it really how it is, but energy is a real thing. And our thoughts, what we put out there, that can change and affect people. It can affect the world. It can change one simple idea. It can change one mind, which can change two minds and four and so on. Um, so it's pretty interesting. The fact that an idea or thought created by one human being is capable of causing another human being to think or behave differently 
is proof enough that the force, the quote unquote force is absolutely real and present in all of our lives. So our thoughts, right? What, what we think about that actually goes somewhere and it doesn't stay within your emotions, that energy, it goes somewhere. So, you know, where does it go? Do other people pick it up? Do psychics pick it up? Um, do people who don't believe they have any psychic abilities, can they pick up on those ideas? But it's what we're putting out there in that energy, in a sense, is like the force. We're going to talk, keep going here and talk more about that. But we're at our first station break here, 20 past the hour of the Paranormal Pete show. We're getting geeky tonight with Star Wars stuff. Um, but it's 20 past the hour, WLTKDB.com. Let's talk radio. We'll see you on the other side on the Paranormal Pete Show. Thanks. Maybe. Okay. And go. <laughs> WLTK DB. Let's talk. Maggie Reiki is a full service Reiki therapy center offering both in person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website, www.mackiereiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Patreon is a place for creators. We're one of them. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash WLTKDB. Check out all the unique support tiers we offer. You can get early release episodes, station mugs and t-shirts, free station service work, and much more. Help the station reach its $1,000 per month goal to make our station totally ad-free. Patreon.com slash WLTKDB. We appreciate your support. Well, they sing that you're a fool. You believe in magic. Welcome back, everybody. Quick station break. Had to pay the bills there. And uh, we're experiencing some minor technical difficulties. And I swear it wasn't me uh, using the force to do that. So but we're back now on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com. If you haven't followed the Facebook page yet, Type in Let's Talk Radio on Facebook, and then you can also uh, check out my Facebook page, The Paranormal Pete Show. Go to Facebook and type in The Paranormal Pete Show. And so before the break, because it's May 4th, Star Wars Day, and I'm a Star Wars nut, we're talking about the Force right now before we bring on our special guest tonight in the second hour, Dr. James Nelson. And so before we went to a quick break there, I was just talking about in the context of, um, you know, our thoughts, our energy that we put out there that can actually affect others and may actually affect um, inanimate objects as well. It makes me think of poltergeist and, um, you know, our own psychic fits that 
most of the time are probably unknown to us that are happening, but objects move or there's noises. Um, you know, it seems like ghost activity is happening. And so, you know, is that, can that be compared to like the force, uh, like an uncontrolled use of the force? Uh, when, you know, when you've been going through something really hard, super stressful, uh, you, your mind and soul and energy actually can have a psychic fit and manipulate the environment around you. And so, is that like the force? Eh, maybe, but our thoughts and our energy can affect others. And that's, that's uh, one of the points here. Um, in the context of star Wars, the force seems unlike anything that exists in our world. But if we look around us, we'll see that people's thoughts and ideas have profound and tangible effects on the real world every single day. And again, this is an article I found um, from a guy named Charlie Scaturo. Uh, I thought it was just really interesting. The beautiful thing about this truth is that we're all capable of using our minds to touch other people and affect the world around us all. Um, you know, putting out good energy, maybe affect people in a good way, putting out bad energy, you may negatively affect somebody. Um, you know, when it comes to the force, there are way too many examples um, and evidence uh, that is a very real thing that every single one of us is capable of using. And I think what's being talked about in the article about our own thoughts and everything manipulating the environment around us, I think there's something to that. Um, you know, remember this next time you have an idea or a thought, because ultimately the power that we possess is not much different than so many of the things that captivate us when we watch Star Wars. Even if our real-life version of the Force isn't nearly as mesmerizing and cool, <laughs> what we possess is just as powerful. I mean, sure, I wish I could move stuff with my mind. Think about that when you're moving, right? <laughs> Everyone probably does. Wish I could use the Force and move my couch over here. Um, but so, you know... In, in our world, in our reality, um, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, the force, it's not, um, you know, you don't see people force choking others and shooting lightning out of their hands and all that kind of stuff. But um, some real world examples um, of, you know, like a Jedi power or a force power is psychometry. And you know, think about that one. So in psychometry is, uh, you know, the measuring of the measuring the soul, uh, object reading, um, psychoscopy is another uh, thing that's known by. And it's a form of extrasensory perception characterized by the claimed ability to make relevant associations from an object of unknown history by making physical contact with that object. So you actually touch an object and you can tell where it's been, the history of it, maybe, you know, maybe who owned it, um, you know, where it came from. And I don't know that. I, th I think I've done that a little bit with, with objects. Um, but in my work um, doing psychic mediumship, it's, it's mostly I'm being shown objects, um, you know, in my, in my mind's eye, but not actually touching objects, but there's a lot of people out there that practice psychometry and it's a, 
anybody out there listening, uh, practicing psychometry and, and getting information from actually touching an object. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, Supporters of psychometry assert that an object may have an energy field that transfers knowledge regarding the object's history. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of things in the paranormal field, there's no scientific evidence that psychometry exists and the concept has been widely criticized. So if you're a skeptic, um, you might fall more on the criticizing end of this, but, and that's okay because, um, there needs to be criticism and critiques on this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's an interesting concept. Um, anybody out there, feel free to comment if you use psychometry in um, maybe your paranormal research or if you're a um, psychic medium, do you use that in your mediumship? Um, you know, how does that, how does that uh, work for you? Um, there's a guy named Joseph Rhodes Buchanan who coined the term in 1842. And one of the things he's known to have written is, and this is kind of cool, the past is entombed in the present. Think about the Jedis and what they talk about. The past is entombed in the present. The world is its own enduring monument and that which is true of its physical is likewise true of its mental career. The discoveries of psychometry will enable us to explore the history of man and those of geology and those of geology enable us to explore the history of the earth. Um, there are mental fossils of psychology for psychologists, as well as mineral fossils for the geologists. And I believe that hereafter the psychologist and the geologist will go hand in hand the one portraying the earth, its animals, and its vegetation, while the other portrays the human beings who have roamed over its surface in the shadows and the darkness of primeval barbarism. The mental telescope is now discovered, which may pierce the depths of the past and bring us in full view of the grand and tragic passages of ancient history. I think that's really cool. <laughs> And uh, so this, this is the guy who kind of coined the term psychometry. And I like that the past is entombed in the present. And the present may be entombed in the future if you go one step farther. And a couple shows ago, I did an episode where we talked about the Akashic Records. And is that all connected there? Um, the past being entombed in the present? You know, all record of experience, memory, everything in the Akashic records. Um, you know, how do we get there? Can you touch an object and gain knowledge? So it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, so Buchanan asserted this particular, his particular psychism would supersede empiric science. Uh, he wrote a comprehensive uh, thing called the Manual of Psychometry that dawned on the New Civilization in 1885, detailing how the direct knowledge of psychometry would be applied and affect the many various branches of science. I don't think it ever did. <laughs> it would also elevate the various schools of philosophy and arts, thereby affecting wide social change and ultimately an enlightenment of humanity. Big dreams, big dreams for that guy. Um, 
he Buchanan continued to promote psychometry throughout his life, and his followers believed that it would revolutionize science in a comprehensive way as the dawn of the new civilization. Buchanan's work on psychometry was continued by the geologist William Denton. In 1863, Denton published a book on the subject, The Soul of Things, and uh, their work was criticized by Joseph Jastrow as based on delusion and wishful thinking. Yeah, sure. I could see why, why some people would think that. Um, others such as uh, Stephen Pearl, um, Andrews, who promoted psychometry along with his own new science of universology, built upon Buchanan's ideas. As a lecturer, Andrews asserted that such inquiries as paraphrased an 1878 New York Times article demonstrated the sympathy between the mind and body is an exact science. And, you know, I know that there's been many more decades um, of research with that. And I'd be interested to know where we're at with that. So is, uh, I wonder if the SPR, or the ASPR um, do research into that. Um, in the late 19th century, uh, demonstrations of psychometry became a popular part of stage acts and seances with participants providing a personal object for a reading by a medium or psychic. So the spiritualist movement has really picked up psychometry. Um, and then, of course, there was, you know, to continue on real life possible uses of the quote unquote force uh, coming out of the spiritualist movement. Um or into the spiritualist movement was Daniel Douglas Hume. Um, and he lived 1833 to 1886. And he was a Scottish physical medium with the reported ability to levitate to a variety of heights, speak with the dead and to produce rapping and knocks in houses at will. So he was known to, or at least it said that he levitated himself. Um, no, that makes me think of a Jedi move, right? <laughs> Being able to levitate. Um, his biographer says that he was one of the most famous men of his era. Harry Houdini described him as one of the most conspicuous and lauded uh, of his type and generation. And the forerunner of mediums whose forte is fleecing by presuming on the credulity of the public. Wow, tongue-tied. Uh, Hume conducted hundreds of seances, which were attended by many eminent Victorians. Uh, there have been eyewitness accounts by seance sitters describing conjuring methods and fraud that Hume may have employed. So we always have to remember when we talk about um, seances and the spiritualist movement and, well, I mean, and more modern too, there can be some pretty interesting stuff that's unexplained that happens um, but there's also, I think, you know, an element of trickery in almost um, in a lot of the in, in historical ones, there's evidence of, of fraud and things. So, but there's also, you know, like I said, the, the firsthand accounts and the stories of really unexplained things. I mean, can you imagine seeing a guy levitate himself um, or a gal uh, levitate themselves? I mean, what would you think? where's the wires or, oh my gosh, can they levitate me? <laughs> Which side of things are you on there? Um, but anyways, you know, was, was um, 
was Daniel Hume losing or using the force was, you know, in a way um, to manipulate his environment, to levitate himself, to speak to the dead, um, you know, and, in, in doing psychic mediumship work, you know, I feel like, um, you know, there's an element, there's definitely an element of focus that you have to have, you know, whether, the, whether you consider that meditation or hyper-focus or um, there's an element of focus to focus your energy. Now you can't really, you know, you can't really see your energy with your eyes uh, per se, but you know, you have it and you have to focus it um, much like a Jedi would. Right. And I know that in some of my process, um, when I'm getting ready for readings, sometimes it's not all the time, but sometimes I feel I need to focus my energy and have it, you know, be like a beam of light uh, extending up into the sky and space. And my parents are probably going, wow, <laughs> what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but that's, you know, sometimes I, I can't see it, but I still try and focus it and I, and it seems to work to make contact with the other side, to uh, put out in a sense, like a cell phone signal or a Wi-Fi signal to um, the spirit realm. So even though I can't see it, still using it and focusing it uh, in the way that makes sense to me. Now, can everybody do that? Yeah, I think so. With, uh, with a lot of focus and um, will to do it in an open mind, anybody um, can harness their energy and focus it. And I believe make contact with um, the other side of things, as I like to call it. Um, so here's a couple interesting um, stories from, you know, things that happening in real life that are examples of, um, you know, Jedi powers or force powers. Okay. So this one's more like, of course, um, like a ghost. Okay. A, the force ghost. So, as per her vision of accounts, an unnamed woman in Pennsylvania had a tough time after the passing of her mother. She was unsure what to do with her mom's home. And I think that's, that happens all the time. That's a very common thing. It was extremely close. Uh, the house was extremely close to her own home. So selling or renting it would cause the woman to lose privacy. But on the other hand, she didn't want it vacant while paying to maintain it. So she was, you know, at a kind of at a crossroads. What, what, is, what do I do? What do I do? Um, so one day a bright light appeared in front of the woman and she heard her mother's voice tell her to take everything she needed from the house, lock it up, and the problem would be solved on June 8th. The woman skeptically did as the voice told her and was shocked when on June 8th, the house was struck by lightning and burned down. Problem solved. <laughs> so that made me think of like a force ghost coming to tell you something. She didn't see her mom, uh, but there was a, you know, a, some sort of light involved and um, she heard her mom's voice or what she perceived to be her mom's voice. It may not have been actually her mom's voice, but it's energy. And maybe um, she heard it from within, not necessarily with her ears, but something visited her and gave her direction like a spirit guide right 
so that that was that was pretty cool um i hope she was okay with the house burning down <laughs> but um now here's an example of um well there's a lot of examples but um like seeing things in your dreams that's pretty real to us right you see things in your dreams you wake up maybe you don't remember them but sometimes you do and weird things happen in our dreams right uh, a few episodes a few episodes ago talked about that with um special guest Karen Fraser and about dream interpretation so that's something that's pretty that gets us all right um so seeing things foreseeing things that's like a jedi power right of using the force um so in a, i mentioned this guy before he's known as the sleeping prophet on account of his ability to put himself into a sleep-like trance and awaken with amazing predictions. And that's Edgar Case. He was one of the most famous psychics in the early 1900s. He predicted a great deal of things, including the stock market crash of 1929. He predicted that in 1925 and World War II uh, in 1935. However, if you want to be skeptical, um, I think everyone kind of knew something was coming in the mid thirties as far as world war II. Um, but people probably should have listened to him, to him more. There's examples of that all throughout human history, right? People seeing things in dreams now is, is, um, you know, is that, a, is it due to religion, religious belief, um, depending on the culture, but people have been predicting things forever and that's like a force power and we got another comment here from uh, mr michael white when i was talking about the last story of force ghost he says a force ghost sounds much like a thought form and that's that's interesting to think about so i think he's saying so a thought form would be like i'm thinking of it and then it forms to something i perceive um which i think there's probably half an episode we could, we should do on that. Uh, Michael, we'll have to have you on to talk about, talk about that sometime. Um, you know, is it something that we create? And so on that lady's story, going back to the, uh, where the house got struck by lightning on the specific date and, and burned down, um, you know, was, was it really the spirit of her mom or was it, her searching for answers and answers so hard that she created that that's an interesting thought um another comment here precognition events often occur while dreaming and yeah yeah and that's that's something that i think it's it's pretty common out there um to you know i think that kind of ties into the whole deja vu uh conversation as well like did i dream that before did this happen did I do it before? Was it in a dream? Most likely a dream. So yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Michael precognition events often occur while dreaming. Um, is that like the force though? Just to bring it back to star Wars got to on this, on this day. Um, and go ahead and comment. We had one so far empire strikes back. What's your favorite star Wars film? And I won't limit it just to the Skywalker saga. Uh, we'll, we can go beyond that uh, to more in the Star Wars universe. So what's your favorite film? Oh, and by the way, um, 
on Disney Plus right now. If you have Disney Plus, free plug there. Uh, we got another comment. Uh, Return of the Jedi was was their favorite. Great one too. Um, oh, I lost my lost my train of thought there. Okay, well, <laughs> go ahead and comment your your favorite movie. Um, oh, I was going to say on Disney Plus right now, um, they have the Ewoks movies on there. Uh, the Battle for Endor and the Caravan of Courage. And if you watch those, it's, you know, it's been many years since I've seen them, but I was so happy to see them. Watched one the other day. Um, brought back a lot of great memories. So if you have Disney Plus, if you have an account, uh, they have the Ewoks movies on there. So definitely check that out. Oh, Bad Batch. Okay. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, great, great one um good to see some star wars fans on here <laughs> so okay so getting back here now uh you know we talked about maybe like force dreams force ghost um well how about telekinesis um moving and manipulating objects with your mind that's a big force power right um you know Luke trying to lift the X-Wing out of the swamp and Yoda does it with a little bit of focus. He does it no problem. Um, you know, moving the objects. And there's a gal, I'm gonna pull her information up here. It, it's pretty interesting. And I'm gonna do some more research and kind of see see what, get some more context on this. But so in the 1960s, there was a Russian psychic named Nina Kuligina, and I hope I said that right, and she shocked the world with psychic powers and telekinesis. She was much discussed in the Rus- much discussed in the Russian science community. Test after test was performed on her to determine how and why she was able to move things that she did. Much of her later life was devoted to these tests, and it's still heavily debated how powerful Kuligina actually was. Uh, published tests and firsthand accounts point to her being genuine, while others still insist it was all a trick. Uh, again, weird, amazing stuff happening. Um, but, you know, is there trickery involved? I mean, there's the human element we always have to think about, right? And uh, anybody who's into parapsychology out there, like our guest that's coming up soon, Dr. James Nelson, we want to study, uh, they want to study the human element in regards to the paranormal and paranormal investigation, studying the investigators. Uh, I know former guest who's commenting here tonight, Michael White talks about, he, I think he mentioned on the show that he almost likes um, investigating the investigators more so during a paranormal investigation, watching them in the environment. Um, I hope I didn't misstate you, Michael. And oh, there's the number one Star Wars fan I know commenting Rogue One and Empire Strikes Bad, Empire Strikes Back. Bad Batch tonight is a thumbs up. And that's for my mom, Peggy. So <laughs> thanks for commenting, mom. Uh, she's the, I'll always think she's the biggest Star Wars fan I know. <laughs> Thanks for uh, thanks for raising me on that. So again, shout out to my mom there. <laughs> but uh, so Kuligina, and I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she led a, an interesting life. She was uh, in a tank regiment, in World War II, um, and then kind of became a housewife. 
after the war. And, and so the study of her psychic abilities didn't really come until the 1960s. And so during the Cold War, silent black and white films were produced in which she appeared to move objects on a table in front of her without touching them. Um, these films were allegedly made under controlled uh, conditions uh, for the Soviet authorities and caused excitement for many psychic researchers around the world, some of whom believe that they represented clear evidence for the existence of psychic phenomena. Uh, so it must have been pretty exciting when, when those came out. According to reports from the Soviet Union, 40 scientists, two of whom were Nobel laureates, studied Kuligina. Uh, one of them, Larry Kettlecamp, claims that Kuligina was filmed separating broken eggs that had been submerged in water, moving apart the whites and yolks, during which events such physical changes were recorded as accelerated and altered. So heartbeat was altered, brain waves were accelerated in an electromagnetic field. So I like that they were testing, you know, the electromagnetic field around her. Um, to ensure that electromagnetic impulses did not interfere, she was placed inside of a metal cage while she supposedly demonstrated an ability to remove a marked matchstick from a pile of matchsticks under a glass dome. And I saw some images of that, and it would be cool to see the actual um, film of that. Um, she felt that she, these powers were passed down through her mother another correlation with the force there um you know being passed down through the family hence the whole skywalker saga um and she realized the items were spontaneously moving around her and when she was angry and you know that's more like that makes me think poltergeist again um when she had obtained or well so then in order to manifest this effect, she required a period of meditation focus to uh, clear her mind of all thoughts. When she had obtained the focus required, she reported a sharp pain in her spine and the blurring of her eyesight and reportedly storms outside. And I presume electrical storms, lightning stuff interfered with her ability to perform psychokinetic acts. And that's uh, one thing to think about too in, in paranormal research and investigation is um, is the weather. What's the what's the environment doing? You know, if you're in inside a location, um, you know, does the weather have an effect? If it's if it's you know stormy out, is there less activity? Do you think or more activity? And I know I've heard people talk about um, you know trying to catalog that during an investigation of, you know, noting what the weather was like, um, you know, what's the barometric pressure was the, was it windy? Was it rainy? Was it, if you're investigating at night, was it clear, you know, could you see all the stars? And so I hope someday that, that, and if there is a study out there, if you know of it, go ahead and post it on the station chat at WLTKDB.com or on Facebook. Let's talk radio's Facebook page there. Um, if you know of a study <clears throat> with the paranormal and weather in you know, different uh, environments has been done, uh, that, that's got to be pretty interesting. So if you know of something like that, go ahead and post it uh, so we can check it out. Um, so back to Nina, uh, one of her most celebrated experiments took place in Leningrad 
uh, in a laboratory in March of 1970. Um, having initially studied the ability to move inanimate objects, scientists were curious to see if Nina's abilities extended to cells, tissues, and organs. Uh, a gentleman named Ser Sergeyev uh, was one of the many scientists president when Nina attempted to use her energy to stop the beating of a frog's heart floating in solution. He said that she focused intently on the heart and apparently made it beat faster, then slower, and using the extreme intent of thought and stopped it. So at least you have one of the scientists noting that she did stop this beating heart uh, and it was living tissue. Um, that makes me think of, of the, uh, the movie, the men who stare at goats, right? <laughs> and all that, all that kind of work that was done in the, you know, seventies and eighties, um, especially during the cold war between the U S and the, in the Soviet union using, um, psychics for, for warfare. And, you know, can you stop somebody's heart psychically? And so apparently she stopped a, a frog's heart, but, um, you know, in keeping with the star Wars theme here, that's, uh, seems like a force power to me. Um, so, you know, many people studied her over those years and you know a lot of people were just kind of left thinking there's a good potential of trickery or maybe she's using magnets somehow which is totally possible but if you um you know if you're trying to do these experiments in a controlled setting you probably have some controls in place hopefully to alleviate at least the most basic kind of trickery with that stuff, like using magnets to move things. Um, but, uh, you know, some people also thought with her work that the results were maybe exaggerated due to the cold war, but, uh, how cool would that be to, um, you know, be able to move objects with your mind and, you know, oddly enough, later in her life, um, she countersued these people who were uh, claiming she was a fraud, and she actually won a partial victory on the lawsuit on that. So not sure what all the details are on that, but pretty cool anyways. Um, so has anybody out there, going back to the, to the force here, has anybody out there ever seen or experience something that just did not seem plausible. Any, if anybody's out there experienced um, something that maybe you've witnessed somebody levitating or an object levitating, um, boy, that would be interesting to hear about. So if you've got a comment out there or if you witnessed something or maybe it was something prophetic in a dream. Um, I feel like I've had dreams uh, where things came true, but um, it's, you know, I didn't know for sure because I, it was, you know, I think I had the dream so long ago. Did I really dream that? You know, it's one of those where I kind of doubted myself, but I think everybody has some sort of force ability, but we just don't call it that because the force is, seems so fantastical, right? <laughs> when you think, cause it makes us think of star Wars. Um, so, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and agree with my mom. I, I really like Rogue One um, as, as a Star Wars film. So, 
anybody else want to share their favorite one? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I like the prequels. Um, I think they're, you know, it's all good entertainment. Right. Um, and I don't want to, there's a lot of people that hate the prequels. Any thoughts on that? Um, course everyone wants to vilify jar jar binks but i say who cares right it's all a part of the story um it's that's that's a george lucas thing there but uh i enjoyed all of the skywalker saga and i'll probably watch empire tonight um after the show so and again if you're listening out on the east coast thanks for staying up and listening and uh oh there's some people outside my window (laughs) uh but thanks for for listening if you're out there on um on the east coast yeah so i got a a comment here uh regarding the prequels i like them and and though lucas was a genius as they made you want to pull out the originals all over again and i think if you look at it that way i think yeah i think you're you're right on there um so we have joanna comments i think jar jar is cute I mean, I thought he was kind of cool. He's goofy and, you know, kind of ad- trying to add that comedic element. But I think that comment was right, that the the prequels kind of, you know, made me want to watch the originals again. Oh, another comment from my bandmate and bro, Brandon Brown. Big shout out to Brandon. And uh, may the fourth be with you as well. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh uh as I mentioned a bandmate there so if you like the intro song to um to the show here we come in and out of breaks on it it's a song called magic by our band steady rock cosmonaut so go to steadyrockcosmonaut.com um you can check out the album there or you can find it anywhere you can buy albums uh check you know hit it up on spotify get it out there and um you know you can download on amazon apple and google as well um oh comment here jar jar was put in there for the kids um and oh yeah i I agree with that kind of like the ewoks in return the jedi was put there more for kids i know i loved them (laughs) um and another comment um james and i have been going through all of them in order and we aren't done yet yeah you gotta you know have some little bit of time off for that Uh, that's really cool you guys are going through them um and that is the wife of my special guest that's going to be coming up here soon dr james nelson um as we're going to talk about a lot of different things coming up in this next hour uh with james and always look forward to talking with him um he's got a a really nice uh approach to the field of the paranormal and research um he's a social worker and really works to bring empathy and an understanding of mental health to his research in the paranormal. And I think that that's something that is missed so much in the paranormal field is the mental health aspect of it. And uh, so looking forward to having him on here in a few minutes and thanks everybody for commenting. Won't be so heavy on the star Wars stuff. Probably. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what James has, has got going on. Um, but, uh, so we'll be talking about a lot of different things. He's, he's had some experiences that keeps him searching for answers, right? That's why we're all doing this. We want answers. 
but I guess if we're getting more questions, we're on the right path to getting more answers. Um, and, uh, oh, Joanna's coming and he's also, James is also, which I'll mention is a crisis intervention counselor as well. So he deals with a lot of different things, um, in mental health. And I applaud him for that. And all mental health workers out there, um, you guys deserve recognition and, um, we really, you know, the work you guys do out there, anybody who's in uh, mental health, the work that you guys do out there is, is nothing short of amazing. So thank you for doing all that. And of course, thanks to all the first responders too. Um, so anyways, we're going to be paying the station bills here. We're on the Paranormal Pete show. We're going to take a top of the hour news break. And when we come back, we're going to have special guest James Nelson on and uh, we're going to have some fun and I think we're going to probably talk about some deep stuff. And But uh, you're on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com. Check it out and we'll see you on the other side. Getting more shots to more people. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. President Biden laid out his plan this afternoon. President Biden has a new goal. He wants 70% of American adults at least partially vaccinated by July 4th. To do that, he's focusing on making it easier to get vaccinated by winding down large mass vaccination sites in favor of smaller, more convenient locations. Fox's Kristen Fisher and the president said as soon as approval is granted for young people to get the Pfizer vaccine, the federal government will make sure they can get shots. A CDC emergency committee is expected to discuss approval of the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as 12 this week. Los Angeles and San Francisco have both met state guidelines to move into California's least restrictive tier of COVID rules. That means indoor bars can reopen, larger crowds can gather at stadiums, and capacities can increase at restaurants, movie theaters, and other places. A Japanese newspaper is reporting the government is considering an extension of the state of emergency for Tokyo and other major urban areas that's supposed to end May 11th in an effort to stop a surge in COVID infections was less than three months before the Tokyo Olympics. Officials in Jefferson County, Alabama, are urging people to stay off the roads as parts of the South are getting pounded by severe weather for the second night in a row. In the Birmingham suburb of Homewood, residents of an apartment building were rescued by fire crews using a boat after the complex flooded due to heavy rain. Yesterday, severe weather spawned a tornado in Ellis County, Texas. We found evidence of right now what we determined to be an EF2 tornado. Damage specialist Jennifer Dunn, eight people were hurt in Texas. Three people died across the south in yesterday's storms. The defense attorney for Derek Chauvin, convicted last month in the death of George Floyd, has requested a new trial citing juror misconduct. America is listening to Fox News. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increased visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash fox. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash fox. netsuite.com slash fox. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis seems unfazed by the announcement earlier today that former Governor Charlie Crist, a one-time Republican who now holds a seat in the House, wants his old job back. You know, I didn't realize, like, you know, it was like, what party is he going to run in this time? I mean, he's lost as a Republican, independent Democrat. But, you know, I looked up, he's voting with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time in Congress. I thought, heck, maybe he gives the Green Party a chance. He's certainly voting that way, so we'll see what happens. Crist was governor from 2007 to 2011 and switched to the Democratic Party in 2012. Several other high-profile Democrats have been mentioned as a possible challenge to DeSantis, including Congresswoman Val Demings, who had been police chief in Orlando. A major drugstore chain is adding quick delivery to its services. Same-day delivery is coming to Walgreens drugstores. Walgreens Boots Alliance is partnering with DoorDash, Uber Technologies, and others. It's promising delivery in under two hours. Walgreens says purchases made online or on its app will be packaged by store workers and picked up by one of the services. The delivery is $7.99. DoorDash, Uber, and the other services were selected because they have the range to serve Walgreens 9,000 stores. Walgreens has already been offering curbside pickup, drive-through, and in-store pickup. Ginny Kosola, Fox News. A coalition of musicians and human rights groups are urging Spotify to rule out the use of a speech recognition tool it developed to suggest songs saying it's creepy and invasive. The company patented the technology in January, which analyzes users' speech and background noise to suggest music based on mood, gender, age, accent, or surroundings. The company in April published a letter where it said it never implemented the technology and does not plan to do so in the future. More than 180 artists and activists signed the, signed the letter. I'm Lisa Lacera. This is Fox News. Well, they say- Welcome back to the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host, Peter Orbea. Thanks for listening. We're on episode 20. Can't believe it. And it's May the 4th, so it's Star Wars Day. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, we got to geek out a little bit in the first hour here. Uh, but I'm so excited to have my special guest on tonight, Dr. James Nelson. And uh, we may geek out a little bit, too. Who knows? <laughs> But James is, um, I met him through ghost conferences. And again, I'll reiterate uh, how important going to the conferences are. If you're interested in the paranormal or maybe you're an experienced investigator, it's a great place to go and meet people and ask questions, network with people, um, and learn too. So you get to learn a lot of stuff. I've learned so much from going to ghost conferences, like the Oregon Ghost Conference. Um, which happened at the end of March this year and was virtual and they pulled it off and we did a virtual one here in Port Gamble uh, last year. Almost got the hiccups here. And this year we're planning November 5th through 7th and uh, planning for an in-person conference. So I hope to get information out about that, but um, uh, you can go to portgamble.com or portgambleparanormal.com and see kind of what we did last year, but um, looking to bring in some awesome speakers uh, that we're so lucky to have every year. And our last in-person one, James was a speaker at, and, and um, really interesting presentation. And he's got a great take um, and approach uh, to the paranormal. So go to ghost conferences if you can, even if it's just virtual right now. 
Um, it's great to support the conferences and you get, you, I just feel I got so much out of them and I hope other people do as well. Um, I put on the Port Gamble one here and um, for the company that, that owns the town. So you know, Port Gamble is a company owned town, which is pretty unique nowadays. But uh, so I've had the honor of putting that on um, for the last 10 years and just learned so much. So, you know, I do this on occasionally on the shows. If you have a ghost conference uh, that you like to go to and that you support, um, go ahead and get on the station chat at WLTKDB.com or go to Facebook and go to the Let's Talk radio page and comment on our live feed there. And I'll be sure to mention that ghost conference. So if there's one you like to go to and that you, that you support, go ahead and put it on there and uh, we'll give it a shout out because they're, they're so important. Um, but without further ado, I will bring in Dr. James Nelson. How you doing, James? I think he's, I think you're on mute. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a while, right? <laughs> yeah, since uh, Port Gamble 20, 2019. Nin- yeah. 2019, the last time uh, we all saw each other in physical form. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, glad to have you on. Um, and, you know, from what I understand, you were working right up till coming onto the show, right? Yes, I I got off work uh, about five minutes early and uh but I, I work from home so uh it pretty easy just to you know yeah cl- close out of all of my work apps and then jump <laughs> on to zoom <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome thanks for doing that uh and i'm glad you've been able to to work from home and and from the comforts of your own home and be and stay safe well thank you yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll start off by saying, uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> may the force be with you as well. I actually, <laughs> I, I, I closed out my day at work by, by telling everyone I'm, I'm, uh, I'm off for the day and remember the force will be with you always. <laughs> always. Yes. yes. That's awesome. Well, the first, first part of the, the show, I was talking about, uh, the, the quote unquote, the force and, mm-hmm and how it can relate into, um, you know, how, how it can be real in our reality mm-hmm. or how it is in a sense that thoughts are energy and thoughts can change things. Thoughts can mm-hmm. change people's minds and how they think and behave. And so in a sense, our energy is like the force. What do you think? Um, I, I think so in a, in a way, um, <clears throat> It, it it can be a, a bit of a slippery slope with saying, "Oh yes, abs- absolutely." Um, I mean, yeah, we can. Our our thoughts can can influence people. Um, our mm-hmm. the way that we we interact, um, and then from the perspective of parapsychology, there's also that we have measured that our our thoughts can affect uh, the the outside world, and we don't really know why, but it's it happens so it's it's one of these things that we can we see yeah. the effect and we can go wow that's that is really interesting but we don't really we don't know why or how but it just it it happens so there's a, a great right. mystery there and i i think that's across you know the spectrum of paranormal research mm-hmm. yeah you know we can maybe document something that happens but how or why 
uh, the, in the process, we don't know. <laughs> that's the, that's the frustrating part of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sort of where we're at in the, the state of the field is that we're, and we've, we've been here for <laughs> uh, quite, quite a while. Yeah. Um, but we, we're, we're gathering lots of data on, um, on what we would call paranormal phenomenon or anomalous yeah. phenomenon. And, we know enough that we know it happens. And even to a, a large extent, um, people who dismiss the paranormal out of hand have at least looked at it and said, okay, well, we acknowledge that this happens, but we don't know why. And, you know, it's kind of like, great. We don't know why either. Let's, let's try to figure that out uh, instead of just, saying like it it can't possibly happen because you know we get that sometimes or people will say well you know this this can't possibly happen and you're like but it but it did i mean my my favorite uh my favorite story oh my gosh i i can't remember the i i had it in my my lecture i i gave it port gamble i can't remember the uh scientist's name um oh gosh dr mike dr michael uh, no, no, a skeptic, Dr. Michael Shermer, um, on, on his wedding night, um, he and his, his wife went up to their room and a radio started playing music and it was, the radio belonged to his wife's father or grandfather who is, had passed on radio was not plugged in. There was no power going to it, but music was coming out of it. And, uh, he, he wrote probably the most, um, honest honest article on that that i i think anyone could write was he said look i don't i don't have an explanation for this but i can tell you that it happened and i'm not saying that it's ghosts i'm just saying it happened (laughs) right yeah yeah there's this so there's so much that's just unexplained but and i think it's you know um your skepticism in the paranormal and many others um you know, I kind of envy that because I classify myself as a believer based mm-hmm. on my experiences. And so my challenge to myself is to be skeptical. <laughs> and I think it's great. You have to be skeptical in regards to the paranormal, but I don't think you should shut the door on it. Like you're describing, some people just dismiss it out of hand. So, you know, I mean, yeah. would you agree with that? You know, it's great to be skeptical, but don't shut the door on it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of that, it's easier to, to shut the door on it when when you're dealing with people who aren't skeptical, because there's there's a lot of bad evidence out there. Mm-hmm. And so when people point to bad evidence and say, you know, this is it, this is, this is the, the proof. And you can either come up with an alternate explanation for it, or, you know, you can say, oh no, this, it, it wasn't ghosts. It was this, it, it makes it easier to, to look at it and say, you know, these people don't know what they're talking about. I, you know, I, ch- I challenge people when I give my, um, my lectures that, you know, practice practice skepticism because it's going to um it's going to increase the quality of the evidence that you get and Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of really great 
fantastic local field research going on. I mean, in the Walker Ames house, there is, is really good research that has been going on with local mm-hmm. paranormal groups. And they're not, they're not feeding into the whole, like, you know, jump scares and things like that. They are, <laughs> they're going in and, and getting data that can be at, measured at least in some part, and they're not drawing conclusions off of it. And, and that's part yeah. of, part of the, the, the start with skepticism is, is don't, don't draw a conclusion right away. Cause, and when you're starting out, it's, I did this all the time when I first got into the field as I was drawing a lot of conclusions and it, it really is an exercise to practice good skepticism, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're really passionate about it. Cause you, you want to see um, you want to see it everywhere, but you find out that you get really bad evidence. If, if you're right. seeing ghosts everywhere. Um, right. And I've been I'd been called out a, a lot, so like my skepticism largely came about because I was like I'm kind of tired of looking foolish in front of people when I'm saying here's here's what I've witnessed and this is what it is, and then they come out and say, well, how do you know? And you're like, well, that's a good point. I don't know, and I just <laughs> I kind of I kind of look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so I. You know, I educated myself, um, and you know, I've I've got a, a social science degree, and you know, learning about the scientific method um, and learning about social science is is also really critical to yeah to learning out uh, learning how to be a good investigator. I I I always say being a good investigator is more akin to um, X Files than Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's a, I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, well, tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you kind of bring that to your uh, research in the paranormal field. And you've been doing you've been doing paranormal research for over ten years now, right? Yes. Um, so, I I I really try to make sure that my uh, my methodology is based in skepticism, um, and you know it's also based in my understanding of mental health. Um, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a social worker with a concentration in mental health, uh, so I I am aware of how the human mind can misinterpret things, and in a lot of ways can actually not function properly so that we are getting false positives. And I'm, I'm couching this in a way to, to make, I, I don't, I, a lot of clinical terms have been misused by people to use as a pejorative. Okay. So I'm, I, I want to, to, you know, let your listeners know right off the bat that I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm not, I'm not hitting anything that's going to sound offensive. Um, and clinical terminology uh, can be used to <laughs> by people who who want to uh, discredit mm-hmm. others or even just make fun of people can be used in hurtful ways. So, right. Th- this is not a. Uh, I want first off. I want people to know it's not in any way a moral failing. Uh, 
of anyone. It is just the way that humans are. We are fragile. Our bodies are fragile and our minds are fragile. And for some reason we don't exactly understand why and how Um, some of it we, we suspect is to do with brain chemistry, but Mm -hmm. we can see things that aren't there. We can hear things that aren't there and we can um, hold beliefs that are not connected to reality. So what I like to do is a, a comprehensive intake and um, it's not really an assessment, but in a, I guess in a way it is because I want to ask questions about, you know, you know, are you currently under the care of a doctor? Are you currently seeing a counselor? Are you um, taking any medication? Um, and I, I tell everyone, you know, when I'm, I, I give lectures on, you know, on, on how to make a, a do a good intake. Um, like, don't be afraid to ask these questions. Don't uh, yeah. the, the, the trick is don't, don't claim expertise where you don't have any. So you can ask, Hey, are you taking any kind of medications? And if they decline, to answer that that's fine go on to the next question please you know if you if you don't have a degree in a mental health field or medicine or anything please do not represent yourself as a uh, a professional because that, that's where you get into the whole practicing without a license and you know even yeah. even in the paranormal fields yeah. that is really looked down upon yeah so you you want to get a um you want to get a, a good view, a holistic view of the client. And you also want them to know that you're not making a judgment call. Um, a lot right. of clients will, will come out with, you know, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I absolutely don't want them to think that. Um, yeah. And it's also, you want to make sure that you're not sounding um, like you're patronizing to them either. So you want to steer right. clear of things like, well, I believe you believe it. Because that's that's just like a really kind of roundabout way of of saying, oh, you you think that I'm making it up, or you think that I'm crazy. So, mm-hmm. um, but you want to look for evidence that maybe this is something that is has to do with their own health, their own physical health, their own right. mental health. Um, right. Because one of the worst things you can do is if somebody is having a mental health. Um, a crisis is to feed into that and get them thinking, you know, that there are ghosts haunting them or there are demons when what they really need to do is, is talk to their doctor and see about, you know, see about getting a, an official assessment. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, have you found, in your time with paranormal research, and I'm going to ask you here in a minute about experiences you, you've had that have mm-hmm. um, left you wanting, you know, searching for answers, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we're all in the paranormal field. Um, oh, and, and Michael White, one of my favorite skeptics in the paranormal field, uh, says he must go, but great show. <laughs> and take care. Thanks for listening, Michael. Um, I think one of the, um, you know, in, in your time in paranormal research and Uh dealing with clients for i'll just say paranormal reasons i guess Uh not like your your regular professional 
job, but um, mm. have you found, you know, is, is mental health been a pretty substantial thing that you've found in your paranormal research? It's not substantial, but it's, it's there enough to warrant um, ruling it out. Okay. When, so back in, in 2012, when I was, I was really getting into the, the field research aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, I, I joined a, a group out of uh, Portland state university. Okay. Uh, and I, I thought like, okay, this is, this is a, a real, you know, this is a real team. And um, it actually turned out that I, I knew more than I think most people there. Um, <laughs> the first meeting I went to, they, they brought out all of this tech and I was watching them going like, I don't think these people know what the equipment is supposed to do. We're, we're, <laughs> we're in a computer room and they've got these EMF meters and they're going like, Oh my God, did you see that? That move up right there. I'm like, <laughs> um, I think there was a lot of passion uh, sure. in that. And there were, there were some really, really talented people and people who really wanted to know in there. Yeah. Um, and then there were, there were some people who had no business um, working on uh, working in that team. And I, I'm still really good friends with a lot of people that I met in that team. But one of the first clients I'm going to put in quotes we got um, was not vetted at all. Okay. Uh, the person, well, they were vetted, but, but not, not very well. Uh, they sent them a questionnaire and the questionnaire was so sketchy that I would looking at it then (laughs) I would not have (laughs) have taken it looking at it now. I definitely would not have taken it. There was just like, there was just like nothing there. Yeah. And when we showed up, it was, uh, it was an apartment that was absolute ramshackle um the the uh owner had boxes of newspapers just stacked up in his living room his his kitchen um was just filthy he had animals uh running around they had you know the place had not been cleaned up at all um right there were some other things that were, 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 were worrisome. Uh, he had a, a photograph on the wall of his bedroom. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. I, it looked like, it looked like some fascist leader from the 1930s. Uh, and I, I think, oh, Lord. so I saw that and I was like, Oh, I, I think we got to go. I don't think this is a good, um, yeah. you know, be that as it may there were clearly some issues here and, and the, um, the paranormal that he was experiencing was like, I drew a bath and the water was hot and then the water started getting cold. And I was like, well, that's what water does. (laughs) Yeah. You probably ran out of hot water in the heater. That's, you know, we, we drove out here for this. Um, Yeah. So I, I think that the, that that is the one that stands out the most as this person needs a um probably a psychiatric inter- intervention but you know it's not yeah. just it's not just big things like that there's also people who want want to feel connected mm-hmm. and they want to feel belonging and they feel 
that having a ghost gives him this feeling of, of belonging and connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there can, you know, be something, there'll, there'll be nothing that we can see there. Nothing that, that I've witnessed, no anomalous readings, which look really cool, but honestly, I'm more interested in talking to the people than walking around with, with gadgets. Um, And in fact, that's where most of this is, is going to come out. And, and then oftentimes you'll also get um, the ghosts give a window into the family dynamics. So, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, did you, based on your, you know, your kind of early experiences on that team and kind of what you were seeing and, and knowing all the research you had done, Mm-hmm. prior to that do you i mean did you just automatically like start to see this is what i think would work better this and start to develop you know did you develop like an interview process for a client yeah it was it was something that i um so when i first started interviewing clients i used a a smartphone app that i i had on my tablet my tablet is actually old enough i can still use this app which is no longer supported which is too bad because it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, it was called Paranormal Studio. And if anyone out there knows how to to make apps, I'd love to get in contact with you and make one of these because it had questionnaires on there that asked all the pertinent questions. Um, you had the ability to uh, take photographs and plug them into the case report. You could write the case report on there. You could make audio recordings. Um, uh, and basically you could, uh, at the end, when you put in all the data that you gathered, it would generate a report that you could then email to yourself or to the client. Um, so I, I started with that and that sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not tech savvy. Um, I've, I've really wanted to, to find something else that, that works as good as that. And, you know, I haven't outside of just, you know, making my own um, uh, database. But like I said, I don't, I don't really know how to do that. So yeah, if anyone out there <laughs> knows how to make an app database, uh, uh, get in contact with me and, and we'll see if we, we can't get something together. Cause this, this app was fantastic. Um, yeah. And- we, we've, we've got somebody who commented um, saying they can make you a Google doc for that. Google form for that. So there's okay. something there's something there. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. Thanks for the suggestion, uh, Val. Yeah. We'll maybe have to look into to doing that. Oh yeah. I have to look into that, but it, it, uh, it really was a, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot on what questions to ask. Uh, and I, when I first started using that, you know, I was very uncomfortable with asking the medical questions. Uh, you know, you get a little more comfortable oh, yeah. with, with doing it. Um, and then, of course, if you have a degree in it, that lends a uh, an air of respectability. So people are, are a little more um, liable to engage. But I, I also let them know, you know, I'm, I'm asking about medication. You know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not going to tell I'm not going to comment at all on your medication. Right. I'm just making a note of it. And that's, that's the thing is that I, I tell people like, even if you know what the medication is for, don't, don't tell the client that, you know, if they, if they tell you they're taking an antipsychotic, you don't go like, Oh gosh, that's for schizophrenia. 
Um, <laughs> sure. Have some, that, have some courtesy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to break rapport. It's, it's just plain rude. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to treat people like, like people. Um, yeah. so that, that really helped, uh, my interview process and then just learning how to engage with people, um, and, and not necessarily asking the questions as like, you're, you're asking them off a list, but you know, yeah. engaging in, in conversation. And I, I prefer to do that more than walk around with, um, gadgets. And so I, sometimes I, <laughs> that puts me at odds with, with team members. Um, I, I usually consult on teams. So depending on the, the quality of the team, you know, sometimes yeah. we get along great. Sometimes they're like, stop asking questions so we can turn off the lights and, and get EMF readings. And yeah, well, it seems to me that, you know, that function should be a part of every team. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, if you were going to be coming out to investigate with me, I'd say, man, ask away, <laughs> keep, keep it going because it's the human element that, you know, sounds like that you're kind of more interested in. Mm-hmm. the human manipulation on an environment or the effects of an environment manipulating a person's mind. Right. Well, I, I look at it this way. When we go into a, a case, all we have are the people. Um, right. You know, I, I, we, we tend to, to think, you know, like, especially if we watch TV uh, shows that we're going in there and we're going to be getting all this data and, and I'm sure there's plenty of data you can get. It's just like how much of it, it has any meaning to what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the stories. I want to hear, um, you know, I mean, so one of the, one of the cases I, I, I was on about, Oh, I don't know, seven years ago out in Oregon mm-hmm. city. And, um, it was my first time doing, uh, doing historical research. Okay. So I kind of had to teach myself that, uh, well, I was, I was with my team, uh, at the time. So we were all sort of learning on the go and it was before I, I really got to know Jay. Cause I certainly would have asked Jay Verberg, uh, you know, Hey, how do I, how do I do this historical research? But we, we went to the Oregon um, historical society yeah, and um, we were trying to find um, basically where this land, what, ha- what, what happened on this land because okay. the buildings were brand new and right. um, like they were less than a year old. This was the only family there. They had reported seeing a man in a black coat um, walking through their, uh, um, walking through their living room and, uh, the children reported seeing it too. Um, and one of the things that I, I wish, wish we'd done, but it was really difficult to do during the intake is you, you want to talk to people, uh, separately and even, right. even kids. Um, mm-hmm. cause sometimes kids will pick up on what the parents may want them to say. And, so and yeah. I'm not saying that anyone's lying, but some, and kids, we all know kids embellish. So as a story that, you know, like I saw a figure of a man, you know, walking through the, through the uh, living room, you know, mm-hmm. can turn into the ghost walked up to me and shook my hand and, and said, you know, right. 
welcome to my haunted house. So it's, <laughs> it's really important to, to, to talk to people separately. Um, yeah. But the, the land had turned out to be a, um, oh gosh, what was it? Like a Homestead Act land from the 1860s. Okay. And uh, uh, again, I, I can't remember the, the guy's name who filed the claim for that, but he was a big deal in Oregon City. Um, was it Caulfield, I think his name was? Because um, okay. we found a lot of documents about him and and the land claim. And this is also where skepticism comes in because at the time, you know, my crew and I are looking at this and the first thing we said is like, oh my gosh, this is Caulfield. He's coming to check out the land. Makes total sense. Black coat's probably a frock. All this stuff makes sense. Nothing was here. He's looking at his, his land. Right. That was an absolute jump to conclusion that we should not have made. <laughs> um, but I'd like to think it was him. So, you know, right. for, for people who were around me, I, I do apologize for jumping right to that. We found the ghost. Um, <laughs> that was probably more wishful thinking that we had identified uh, yeah. the spirit, but um, there was nothing malicious about it. They were just showing up um, mm -hmm. and, not not really interacting so yeah. whatever uh and i i didn't really see anything there i didn't experience any, anything there so at, at that point it really was more about making sure the family was comfortable with the house yeah exactly and so do you um so when you're doing an interview you're doing your intake are you audio recording then i i usually do uh or i i video the um the intakes mm -hmm. uh if I'm running it, if I'm not running it, sometimes I don't have um, the ability to do that. Uh, you know, sometimes if I'm consulting, there's so much going on that, you know, audio recording it is, is not um, always feasible, but right. You know, I, I try to, I try to do that as much as I can because yeah. you're going to, you're going to miss something no matter how much you're paying attention. Exactly. And yeah, especially when you're trying to take notes and you're, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of developing a connection, a rapport with that person that you're interviewing and, and showing the care and the interest mm -hmm. in what they're talking about. So yeah, but a couple of comments. Um, uh, Valen commented uh, kind of what you do is paranormal sociology. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, um, that's awesome. It really is um, one of the one of one of my um, oh I hate to say the word hero but <laughs> I, I will say the the person who really affected um, not only my interest in the paranormal uh, but how I conduct mm -hmm. research uh, is uh, Lloyd Auerbach mm -hmm. um, and I, I got a chance to meet him a few years back and. I was, you know, I don't really get starstruck and it's, it's, it's super weird. Like <laughs> I, I've met celebrities and I'm fine with, and, and I, I see a, you know, an academic parapsychologist and I'm just like, oh, I can't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shows so, where your passions are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, my, my wife had to, had to basically break the ice, uh, and I got him to sign, um, 
my copy of, of his book, ESP Hauntings and, and Poltergeist. But I've just started that. Excellent. For, for anyone who wants to know where, where to start in paranormal research, start with that book. Uh, if you can find it, I, I think Lloyd's probably still it's, yeah, selling there's a, it's, it somewhere. Yeah, um, they re-released it, re-released it. You can get it on Amazon. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Go, go there. And, and Lloyd is absolutely not paying me to say this. I just, I love that book. <laughs> I love that book so much that that book really, it really did influence um, my view yeah. of the paranormal and, and what he has had said in, in interviews and in his publications is that the, the one thing, the, really the foundation of paranormal research is people. You're, you're either interacting yes. with living people or you're interacting with disincarnate people. Yeah. Um, so the people skills really, really work. And, you know, that that's where you need to focus your yeah. uh, people need to focus is learning, learning that and not, you know, which is the best EMF meter to that. That's a yeah. pet peeve of mine. I, I apologize for I keep bringing that up, but okay. I, I see the uh, people <laughs> investing in like the latest and greatest ghost tech. And I just think like, get yourself a notepad and a pen and that's all you need to start. You don't need anything else. Yeah, I've I've come to, you know, find what works well for me and I like to keep it simple with just a digital audio recorder mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll take a millimeter depending on what the reports are mm-hmm. and, and you know what comes out in, you know, what type of activity and where, you know, but usually I like to take notes and just record audio so I don't miss anything and just, you know, keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> And and actually, one of the 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 dangers of of using tech so much, and um, I I was uh, I learned this from from Neil McNeil, who who spends yes. a lot of time at uh, the Walker Ames. Uh, as I was going through the upstairs, and I had my I had I've got a millimeter as well, and I was looking at both temperature, you know, ambient temperature readouts and, um, you know, the um, electromagnetic radiation. Mm-hmm. And, and Neil says, um, turn that off. He goes, and I want you to walk through the upstairs rooms. And I want you to, I want you to tell me, you know, if you feel anything. And I did. And I went slowly. And because I didn't have my nose in a gadget, I could feel, yes. I could feel one of the rooms. It it noticeably got got colder. Like it wasn't just a little bit. It was like I I could feel that chill go right down my back. Yeah. And I I told him that, and I pointed out the room, and he says, "Okay, now turn turn it back on, and go through and and check the temperature." And I the temperature was normal throughout all of the upstairs there were no ambient mm-hmm. cold spots that were registering but that one room boy it it got really cold yeah and, and so you were he's wanting you to sense it in a sense yeah in a sense <laughs> uh it, yeah it, it's almost like you know you don't learn anything when you're just taking notes the whole time same thing yeah. with you know uh you know with your nose buried in a, in a gadget so yeah no i, I like to keep it simple too and and i'm finding more and more it's it's um you know it's the human element with the paranormal activity that's that's more interesting 
mm-hmm. to to try and look at and you know listening to the reports and then seeing what comes through and i you know i investigate a little differently i you know uh, i don't like to use a lot of gadgets but i like to use myself you know mm-hmm. and just try and sense thing and take notes and then see you know what comes out of that but uh you know i wanted to ask you about um paranormal experiences that you've had that kind of got you interested in it or um what was something that that you've experienced that you just can't explain but it really got you more questions and then got you going i i've had a few experiences um oddly enough i've i've never experienced anything substantial on an investigation um but uh, i mean one of one of the big things was back in um late 90s early 2000s i was i was house sitting uh for some friends and um i was uh you know i was in college so i staying up late and and I remember watching, I was watching the show crossing over because I thought that was, it was kind of spooky uh, to me yeah. at the time. I was like, Ooh, he's talking, talking to ghosts. This is kind of creepy. <laughs> and, and, and even like the, this, I, I distinctly remember this, like when the show was over for like the producer symbol, it was like this, this old fashioned light that just turns out. And it's like, that's, that's kind of creepy. And um, yeah. it was summer. I had the window open in their bathroom I turned out the lights and I went to bed and I was, I was right in that, that stage of you're not, fu- you're not fully asleep, but you're not awake. Um, okay. So you're, you're, you're kind of aware of what's going on, but may, you're not, but not really. Okay. And I, I swear like a foot from my head, I heard a cough, like somebody clearing their throat and my eyes shot up. My heart was pounding. <laughs> and, and I had convinced myself like, and probably just so I could go to sleep. Like I left the door or I left the window open outside. That was somebody walking by the house and they coughed. Right. Even right. though like that makes no sense. That was right next to me. And <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell the, the owners, um, they were friends of my parents and, and I was like, sure. Oh, they're going to, they're going to think I'm nuts. And my mom, <laughs> my mom told, uh, uh, told him and and the woman said oh yeah that's that's mr jones oh. i said i said what <laughs> and she says yeah he's he's been here with this house and i got all the stories about this um they they bought the house in like the the mid or the early 80s and and uh they started doing renovations okay. and as soon as they started reno- renovating things started happening um I think the best story she told is that she got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and she said she walked right into it, right into somebody like somebody was standing in the hallway and oh, she geez. said, Oh, Oh, excuse me. And just stepped to the side and kept going and then got to the bathroom and went, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like there's only two people in the house. Who, who did I bump into? Yeah. And, and finally she said, she just, is the middle of the day and she'd had enough of the, the nonsense, as she said, and she, she had a conversation. She said, look, Mr. Jones, we're, you know, this house is ours. Now you don't, you don't live here anymore. You can't be moving stuff. We, you need to go. 
you know, your, your family isn't here anymore. You can, you, you can go find them, you know, you, right. Uh, but you can't stay here. And, and it had, it had stopped. So it basically it had, I think died down until I got there and perhaps the entity was like, well, this person didn't tell me I had to go. So maybe I can, I can show up to him. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, that was something that really, cause I, I still have a very vivid um, recall of that, even though I, I realize human memory is, is not, uh, not sure. as good as we like to think it is, but um, <laughs> sure. Wow. So, so you can, you can recall the cough, that sound. Yeah. It was, it was like somebody was standing right next to me, which is why it was so startling. I mean, I've, I've had people like cough outside my window before and it's not as startling, but you know, when you think you're alone and you hear somebody clear their throat right next to you in the dark, that tends (laughs) to stick with you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And there's nothing threatening about it. It was just, you know, startling, startling. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that's one that, that got me looking, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my parents also, they have a, a beach house in, in Seaside, which we, uh, the last few years we've kind of tried to make the unofficial headquarters of the Oregon ghost conference. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife, uh, loves to cook. So we try to invite people, you know, after the event to be like, come on by the house and we'll, we'll barbecue some burgers. Um, but there's been activity in the house. We've had uh, uh, sensitives come in who've detected um, spirits. Uh, we've we've had a, uh, a sensitive reportedly detected the spirit of my grandfather who was in the house waiting for my grandmother. He didn't know that she'd moved on, uh, that she'd passed on. Um, uh, I, I didn't experience this. My mother did. And it was very startling that uh, the upstairs she said was suddenly filled with cigarette smoke. It was, okay. it was hazy and she could smell it. And she called for us to come upstairs and we went upstairs and I couldn't see anything. Couldn't see anything. Couldn't smell anything. And she was swearing up and down that she could smell cigarette yeah. smoke and she could see clouds of it. Um so there was that I did, I did a training weekend, uh, with my uh, new group back in 2013 there. Um, and we had a, an incident with one of our members who my feeling is, um, is sensitive, but didn't really know how to control, uh, control herself. Okay. And she was having uh, these really troubling ab reactions to um, oh. what what appeared to to be um, going into a, a semi trance. Okay. Um, she was contacting a, a spirit. We were getting some information. Um, could not trace any of the information. But then she would okay. go into these like she was shaking like we just pulled her out of an, an ice cold river. And um, that's that kind of like shivering is, uh, you know, I I don't know anyone who could really fake that. It's just that, that involuntary muscle spasm that you, you feel. And so we took her downstairs and 
And she was awake the whole time, but she suddenly just said to us like, Hey, how did I get down here? Had no memory. Um, we had, ended up having to take her out of the house at like one in the morning. Um, wow. Cause, cause she was having uh, some pretty, a pretty severe um, panic attack. Wow. Uh, whether it was, you know, had to do with, with mental health or if it was paranormally induced. Yeah. I, I don't know. She wasn't, um, hadn't had them in the past. So that made it really kind of uh, troubling. Uh, she was feeling better. We came back, you know, slept in the house. Next day we went out to, to eat uh, at a restaurant and we started talking about sort of what happened the night before. And while we were talking, she just got this like thousand yard stare. And again, just sort of blacked out where she didn't remember conversations. Um, Jeez. The, the other uh, lady in our group took her to the bathroom to, to clean her up. And uh, the other gentleman and I waited outside. Uh, and this, I remember clearly as well, was really interesting is we're just, we were talking outside the restroom and we hear this thump, like somebody maybe backed into the door or, you know, bang their fist on it from the inside. Okay. And then we heard the ladies inside say, we'll be out in a minute. Stop knocking on the door. And we both just sort of looked at each other and then look, look back at the door. And we said, we didn't do that. (laughs) So it was something that, you know, it was very troubling. And my, uh, my take on it was more um, a humanistic approach. Mm -hmm. The, um, the other gentleman there um, was more spiritual and he was a Reiki healer. And so he was doing energy work and, and, and trying to, uh, to work that um, my way of doing it was basically like, look, you, you got to set boundaries. Yeah. Um, you, you can't allow a spirit to just like come up and use your consciousness mm-hmm anytime it wants because you can talk to it and no one else can you got it you have to do this and so i kind of had to walk through the whole you know if it helps just say like i say your name am not giving you permission to speak to me now or ever you cannot you cannot behave this way and yeah and it uh i don't know which aspect of it worked but um (laughs) it kind of it it kind of cleared and it was it, it it crescendoed to a point where she sort of, <laughs> we were in the kitchen and she just let out this, this horrible shriek. And I don't know if it was just the frustration or this was her way of asserting, you know, boundary. her own boundaries. Yeah. But uh, she was feeling better after that. We finished out the weekend. Wow. And uh, was not really interested in, Excuse me. Wasn't really interested in continuing um, researching at that house. <laughs> yeah, uh, ha- had been Un- back. She'd been back since then, but was kind of like we're not gonna we're not gonna extend any invitations that we're not ready to. Uh, yeah, uh, to honor at this point, and so. that's understandable. <laughs> that's totally understandable. Wow, you know, one thing I talk about um, on the tours I do and. And because <clears throat> mostly on the tours, it, it's people who, you know, d- don't know much about 
you know, uh, paranormal research. It's something fun for them to do. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they always show up scared. They've got preconceived notions and expectations and stuff. And, and so I usually throughout the, the tour or just when I'm dealing with a client or something, you know, I would say, you know, don't forget that, you know, ghosts were people once too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think about it from, from that standpoint in that, you know, if there's, you're experiencing some activity, um, you know, that's a, a personal experience, um, you know, think of it, don't forget that there are people once too. And so if there's negative kind of activity that takes place, you know, mm-hmm. don't think, don't think it's a demon or, you know, <laughs> right off the bat, just yeah. remember that people were, people are a-holes and if they're, <laughs> if they're a-holes in life, chances are there'll be a-holes on the other side. Um, yeah. however we can prove that, I don't know, but that's just my belief in it. And so I always tell people, you know, remember the human side of ghosts. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's very true. Um, and you know, even, even if you're, you know, I, I, you don't even have to go so far as that, that to say that, you know, Hey, if people are jerks and you know, when they're li- <laughs> alive, they, they are probably jerks when they're dead that, you know, when you work in, in social sciences and mental health, you realize yeah. that people, when people aren't getting their needs met, they can react in ways that might not be socially acceptable. And sure. one of the hardest things to do, especially if you're just starting out is to realize this is not personal. This, this person doesn't, they're not, there's something they're not getting. And they're reaching out to try to get that. And, you know, I think maybe that's something we need to look at with, with paranormal research as well. If people are like saying, Hey, we're seeing things get thrown across the room and, and things are like, are breaking. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can say, okay, you can believe that they're demons, but we don't, have any demonstration that demons even exist we at the very least have evidence whether you want to say that it's good or not that that human will at least affect the paranormal so so let's let's go from the, the model that these they're humans and you know if you're trying to communicate and no one's listening you know wouldn't that make you want to lash out and maybe throw a chair or you know it, it, yeah ex- yeah totally i totally agree with you or i think the comedian aziz ansari in one of his stand-up specials years ago talked about you know people with ghost stories you know the, you know i was so amazed why do they turn my light on and off in my bedroom and if you think you know <laughs> hey they died in the early 1800s they're like "Ooh, check it out light no yeah. light <laughs> Light, no light, or flushing toilets, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and again, like that. <laughs> again, uh, you know, Lloyd Auerbach, he's got some really great case studies in, in his books. Um, but I think, and I, I think most everyone who's familiar with him will, will know this the, the, uh, the Blue Lady at the uh, Moss Beach Distillery. And he is, I believe, still the the longest invest or the he's been investigating there longer than anyone else has 
Okay. And he's, he's brought um, sensitives in to, and he's, he's actually like had conversations with, with the, the spirit. And uh, there, there was one where, he, I can't remember which book he was in, but he said he was at a conference and one of the, the psychics had, had come up to him and basically said, oh, the blue lady is here. <clears throat> she followed you across the country and uh, apparently had also changed you know, the way she presented herself so that her fashion she was wearing was still blue, but it was, um, it was modern mm-hmm. wear. So, you know, if ghosts exist, they were people. Um, I'm sure they're interested in in everything that uh, uh, you know modern conveniences. If they're from yeah. a long time ago, and you know they're probably just looking for for contact and understanding. And like you mentioned before, looking for belonging. Yeah, yeah, that's as we all do. Yeah, exactly, and and still in the afterlife, or at least possibly. Um, now we're 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 running out of time here. We did have a, an interesting question. I don't know if we've got time to answer it, but it was: if we made restitution with all ghosts, would they cease to exist? That's an interesting thing to think about. I, I would say uh, I don't have an answer for that, but it is an interesting yeah. thing to to think about and 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 ponder. Um, and maybe totally. one day we'll know. Maybe one day we'll know. And maybe we don't even need restitution. Maybe they just they they miss the the parts of life that that made life so so worth living. Yeah, in my experience, it's more about acknowledgement. Yeah, and and remembering stuff. Well, we're pretty much out of time, but I gotta ask you because it's May the fourth. Mm-hmm. Which is your favorite movie in the franchise? Oh, if you can pick am, one. <laughs> I, so I'm probably. I mean, I I love the original. Uh, the original three. Yeah, and of those, I'd probably have to say uh, Empire. Uh, Strikes Back is, yeah, is my favorite, but uh, I also have a very special place in my heart for the the Phantom Menace, and I know that that goes against the grain from what a lot of people think. They think it's the worst one. Um, I love that one. I love it. I love Liam Neeson. Um, I wanted to see more of him as a Jedi. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it had its weak points, but I thought there was a lot of that was really good there. And in fact, I've, I've even got my lightsaber right next to me that I, I got at Disneyland last year. So nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, James, thank you so much. I, we got to have you on again. Cause I think we could, we can talk for two hours. So I'd like, love to love to have you on again. I want to dive more into parapsychology and your takes on that and experience. Um, and you know, just investigation and research. So I'd love to have you back on. Plus we got to have the time to talk about Dr. Jones, um, <laughs> which is probably my other favorite movie franchise ever Definitely, um, that I grew up on. Absolutely love it. And anytime I see one on, I watch it. <laughs> it's one of those, it's you know, one of, one of my favorites too. I've, I've got yeah. uh, a custom made fedora and I've got the, the glasses. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll have to talk about that a little bit too. Um, so I'd love to have you back, but thank you so much for coming on after, right after you get off work. I really appreciate it. Anytime Pete. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always fun to talk to you and um, 
you know, let's do it again. And I'll, I'll also mention um, next week, I've got investigator and researcher June Nixon coming on next Tuesday from the team, a ghost. And a week after that got Ross Allison coming on from a ghost as well. Uh, and spooked in Seattle. So really looking forward to having Ross on. And then I've got silver moon medicine, Mika Rand coming on on the 25th so we've got a great lineup of shows and james you kicked off the month of may awesome here and i appreciate it and uh i leave every show with a toast of the past is history and the future's a mystery today's a gift because it's the present so don't forget to be present every day hug the ones you're with hug everyone else virtually right now and may the force be with you all <laughs>